is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Hi everybody, so good to be with you once again. So good to be able to connect on Jubilee Online. Thank you so much for being with us. Last week, if you were with us, you'll know we looked at Hebrews chapter 10. It was a call to persevere, a call to keep going, not to stop, to keep on trusting God, even in this challenging season that we find ourselves in. And it's also a call to encourage or to spur one another on, as the Bible puts it in this passage. And so before we get to what I'm going to look at today, before we get to um, open up scripture together for today, I just want to ask you, how did you get on this week? How was this week for you? Who was it that you sought to be a blessing or an encouragement to this week? How did it go? What happened, I wonder? Or alternatively, another question might be, who was it that reached out to you this week? Who was it that sought to be a blessing and encouragement to you to spur you on this week? What did they do that was so encouraging for you? How did that help you? How can you take that and pass that on to somebody else? And I, I want to encourage us to think a little wider here. It's so important, as we've said before, that in this season when we're not connected in the same way, we're, we're not in a room together, we can be quite disparate and it potential of being disconnected. It's so important that... We work hard at these sort of things of seeking to encourage one another, to love each other, to, to build one another up. That's so, so important in these days. But we can think wider. We can think outside our immediate friendship circle, outside our church family. What about people outside the church completely? Maybe those who perhaps don't even know Jesus yet. How, how could you encourage them? How could you be a blessing to them? Think about who it might be. I mean, for example, it might be your child's class teacher. I mean, teachers are under tremendous pressure in our schools right now. How about an encouraging email or, or a note just to say thank you for what they're doing? We've over these last few months, we've celebrated all sorts of individuals, particularly those who work in healthcare, and that's absolutely right. Maybe do something similar with those you know that work in that environment, but maybe it's your child's teacher, maybe it's your local shopkeeper, perhaps it's your mechanic, your builder, your neighbour. I wonder who can it be that you might reach out to and seek to encourage? What a difference you could make with just a few well-chosen words, a kind text, a thoughtful email, a card. Friends, let's be, let's be good at this. It's not hard to do it. Just take some thought and a little bit of time. And I want to I encourage us to, to seek to do, do well on this. So. Let's, let's move on to Hebrews chapter 11. The verses are going to come up on the screen. If you've got a Bible there at home, we're reading the first 12 verses of Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. 
By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Uh, and then in verse in verse 4 here, we, we get the start of a list of a lot of people that the writer gives as examples to illustrate the points. So by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Uh, I mean, isn't that great to be commended as one who pleased God? It seems that God so desired to be with Enoch, he, he took him even before he died in a normal natural sense that, that we would know God wanted to be with him. He, he commended him. Oh, that God would commend us in, this, in a similar way. Verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, there's that same resounding phrase yet again, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and as he, he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. The passage goes on, you can read it for yourself, and we get a list of all these great Bible heroes. And I said last week that what particularly struck me when I was reading this passage was that common refrain, by faith, by faith Abel, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham, and we'll come to Abraham's story a little bit more in a moment. But by faith, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and, and so on and so on. All of these Old Testament heroes of ours did something. They, they lived their lives by faith. By faith. Not just what they could see. They lived by faith. So we're going to focus for a few moments today in on Abraham. We could have picked any of the examples here. I referenced Enoch just a moment ago, but we're going to hone in on Abraham, home in there, and just look at a few of the verses that talk about him. So, verse 8 here. By faith, Abraham obeyed God, even though he didn't know all the details. Did you notice that? Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. 
You see, Abraham didn't get the whole map. He didn't see the whole story right at the beginning. Scripture tells us that he set out even though he didn't know where he was going. That's such a strange phrase, isn't it? He, he set out, he started his journey, he, he, he left home, he went, but he didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what the destination was. Sounds crazy to us, doesn't it? What's the first thing you do when you get in a car these days, if you're going on a journey? It's probably to put the destination in your sat-nav or your phone and wait for the directions to appear. You know, you, you, you get out there on Google Maps or whatever device or software you choose to use, but you, you get it up there and you think, oh, well, this is where I'm going. I'm going to see what the destination, I know the destination, I'm going to see what the route is and I look at the traffic and see how it's going to be. It's the first thing we do, isn't it? But that only works if you know where you're going. If you don't know where you're going, if you don't know your destination, the whole thing breaks down. To get the directions, you have to put in the destination. That's how it is for us, going on journeys. But it wasn't like that for Abraham. All he got was the call to go. All he got was the next step, the next instruction that he needed. He, he couldn't see the final destination, but that wasn't required. At this stage, it wasn't important. All that he needed was the next step. And that all he needed to do was to obey. Why? Because he was walking by faith, not by sight. You know, I'm, I'm of the generation that grew up using maps. You know, real ones, printed on paper. And uh, I'd have a map book in the car, you know, that would give the major roads in the UK. And so I, I could find pretty much where I was going, broadly speaking. And if I was going to a particular town or city, I might buy an A to Z of that, that location. You know, I had stacks of ordnance survey maps of different parts of the country. You know, I'm sure some of you can relate to this. Some of you are a younger generation are thinking, wow, what's, what's all this you talk of, these printed maps? But that's how it was. And that's what it was like. And, you know, I, if I was going on, going on a journey, I, I would get out these maps and have a look at where I was going. You know, I'd work out a route based on uh, where I was going and perhaps the type of journey that I'd want or the type of roads that I'd want to travel on. You know, I like seeing the big picture. I, I like seeing, oh, if I'm here and I'm going to go there, I want to know what the route is and what roads I'm going to travel on. So, you know, I like knowing that, you know, after I'd been on, on the M1, I'd take the, I don't know, the A42 and then the M42 and then I'd head down the M5. And, you know, I could picture it in my head because I'd seen it on a map. I knew sort of where I was going, what it was going to look like. But as I've used sat-navs and phones over recent years, I, I've had to learn to do without that level of detail. Because all you get is the next step. All you get is the next junction. Continue to the next junction and then take whatever exit it might be. You don't see how it's going to be further down the further down the route. And it might be that anyway the route changes because it's constantly looking at the traffic and so on. And it might start off taking you one way and then a little bit later it might take you another way. But you might not even know that because it's all happening behind the scenes. The only information you get is the next step. 
the next junction, the, the next instruction that you need. And that's all Abraham got. He got the next instruction, the next, the next turn, if you like, because that's all he needed. Following God is much more like using a sat-nav than it is using an old-school map. You know, he leads us one step at a time, giving us just the level of information and detail that we need. Even if you don't know the final destination, that's not a problem. It's not an issue. That's where faith and trust come in. So, I wonder, are you allowing God to lead you in your life in this way? You know, I'm not saying that plans are bad. Plans are a good thing. Having an idea of where we're heading and you know, sketching it out in, in our minds or on paper, all, all that's good. But I wonder, are you allowing God to lead you? Are you trusting him for the next step, the, the next instruction, the next turn? God leads you step by step. It's clear for this, from the story of Abraham that we read here. If you want more details of Abraham's journey, you can look at it in Genesis and, and see that for yourself. But this summary we get in Hebrews 11. Abraham doesn't know where he's going, how it's going to be and what it's going to look like. He just knows he needs to go and be obedient and walk by faith. So Abraham obeyed God, even though he didn't know all the details. And then in verse 9, we see that Abraham counted the cost. He, he lived as an alien in the land, but, but God blessed him because of that. He didn't get too attached to his surroundings. He was living for something else. He, he was living for someone else, actually. There was greater purpose for his life. And the same should be true for us, shouldn't it? We're not living to just amass more stuff or acquire more wealth. We should be living for God and for his glory. What do you notice about Abraham? Well, you see here that he put God first. Time and time again, he puts God first and God blesses him. God is faithful to him. And, th and there's a principle here that God is faithful to us as we're obedient to him. He works out his promises to us. Abraham put God first and trusted him for everything else. And guess what? God was faithful. Why? Because God is faithful. He couldn't be anything else. Huh. It's sometimes said that the definition of advertising or, or marketing is to take away your self-worth and to sell it back to you at the price of the product. Think about it for a moment. It's what happens in adverts, isn't it? Think of some adverts you might see on, on TV. You know, those, those aftershave or perfume adverts. Now, they don't tell you what the smell is like. They don't tell you how nice the smell is. What they do is they tell you that if you wear that particular smell, 
that perfume or that aftershave, then you will become desirable, irresistible even, to your partner. Car adverts, well, they rarely tell you the top speed of the car, not that you could do it legally anyway, but they rarely tell you that sort of data, top speed, acceleration, or even fuel economy a lot of the times. What they tell you is that by owning that particular car, well, that says something about you. That will make you stand out. That will give you a certain level of prestige, look successful, etc. We could go on and on giving different examples of different sorts of advertising and products, but we need to be aware of this, friends. Where is your self-worth and identity coming from? If it's not coming from a solid, sound, biblical foundation, then you're susceptible to whatever the latest product or gadget or interest might be. Abraham counted the cost and lived as an alien in the land, not seeking to amass wealth or status or privilege. And as he did that, as he put God first, God blessed him. Maybe if we put God first afresh in our lives, we would know something more of God's blessing to us. We see in verse 10 that Abraham looked forward. He was looking forward, it says, to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. He was looking forward to receiving God's promises. And, and so do we. Abraham was someone who carried the promises of God. God had spoken to him. And, and we see that time and again, um, God continues to speak to Abraham. And we'll come to those promises in a second, but we, we see that he was looking forward to something else. That final day, that, that final time. You're looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Our ultimate destination is being with God himself. The Bible talks about a new heaven and a new earth where we would dwell with God. We might not know the interim destinations that God would take us and we certainly won't know the routes that he's going to take us on. But we do know what the ultimate destination is. How, if you like, the story ends. I don't think we talk about that as much as we should do. You see, understanding the big picture, the big story, how the story ends, if you like, is so helpful to put everything else into perspective. We can jump to the end of the book, can't we? We can see how it all ends. It can see what's going to happen. And understanding that, knowing that, helps us. Now, Abraham looked forward and saw that. We need to do the same. But we talked about the promises that Abraham received and we've got some examples here of how God was faithful to him and kept giving him these promises. And you'll see it if you read the story in Genesis that 
every time God gives Abraham a promise, it, it just seems to be bigger and more extraordinary and incredible and more amazing than the last time he'd said something. It seems that just as Abraham was getting used to carrying a particular promise that God has spoken, then God would enlarge it and he'd become even greater and have more impact. As Abraham proved faithful, God was able to reveal more to him, to promise him more, to speak more to him. I wonder, what promises has God given you? What has he spoken to you about? What are you carrying deep in your heart that you know God has said, but maybe you're not seeing it just yet? It's worth revisiting these promises every now and again. And if you've never got around to writing them down, I'd encourage you to do that. But as well as for you as an individual, or maybe for you as a family even, what about us as a church? What has God spoken to us about? Well, God's given us promises. He's spoken to us about reaching this city of Derby with the gospel and indeed further afield as well, into Burton and, and other places. Not in, in fact just in this country, but abroad as well. He's spoken to us about growth, about not settling, about Derby being a place of God's blessing. You know, it's, it's easy to hear things like that and just be dismissive, thinking, oh yeah, well, I could, don't see it, and write it off. Abraham could have been like that. But he wasn't. And the Bible's encouragement to us is to have the sort of faith that Abraham had when God speaks promises to us. I wonder, maybe God's got some more promises for you. Maybe God's got some more promises for us as a church. But he can't yet reveal them to us because we haven't quite settled the, the first lot he's given us. For Abraham, he was obedient with what God gave him, and then God enlarged it. I wonder, are you being obedient with what God has spoken to you about? For us as a church, we're being obedient with what God has spoken to us about so far. Because if we are, then God's able to enlarge it and give more promises as we move forward. I want to encourage us, friends, again today to, to receive these promises by faith. This whole thing is about walking by faith. Abraham walked by faith. All these biblical heroes we read here in Hebrews 11, by faith, so and so. Wouldn't it be great if books are written of by faith, so and so, of Jubilee Church Derby? By faith, so and so, of Burton Family Church. By faith. Insert your name there. Lived a life of faithfulness and God bless them. Let's receive these promises by faith, friends. Let's ask God to help us and to give us the faith to, to walk in the good of them. Then in verses 17 through to 19, we see that for Abraham, obeying God was the most important thing even if practically it didn't make sense. Do you remember this story? Maybe you do. God tests Abraham at one particular point. Eventually Abraham is given a son 
after some time and, and all the all the promises that God has spoken to Abraham about they're, 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 they're in this son they're, they're all tied up in this son and what does God do he, he asks Abraham to sacrifice him doesn't make any sense at all when actually it would have been awful if that had actually happened but God wanted to see if Abraham was trusting in God or just in what he could see what would Abraham do well verse 19 of Hebrews 11 tells us Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead figuratively speaking he did receive Isaac back from death. God's ways are not ours. And we need to find trust and confidence in God, not in our circumstances or our situations. Abraham had faith in God, not just in what God was doing. It's a huge difference and a big key. I want to encourage us to have faith in God, to, to press into him, to grow in him, not just to look at receiving his blessings, but to grow in our relationship with him. Now, just a quick note, if you're not sure of the story, Abraham didn't sacrifice his son. God stepped in and stopped him. It was a test to see if Abraham would be obedient. Now, now we, look, we can read the account. We can look back and go, oh, it's just a test, Abraham. It'll be okay. Don't worry. It's just a test. Listen, he didn't know that at the time. Abraham, for all these years, had walked with God, been, been faithful to him, be obedient. And God says, sacrifice your son. Abraham goes, ah, okay. He doesn't know it's just a test. He was obedient. And thank God it was just a test. And he didn't have to sacrifice his son. God stepped in. And yeah, it's like Abraham did receive his son back from the dead, figuratively speaking. But he didn't know it was just a test and that God didn't mean him to carry it out. We, we can see that looking back, but Abraham didn't know that. He was walking by faith. He was being obedient to what God was saying to him. So what is faith? What is faith? Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. It's these ancients that we started a list earlier. They're all commended for their faith. What was it? It was their confidence in what they hoped for and an assurance about what they didn't yet see. Even though the future was unclear, unknown even, they kept on believing, kept trusting, kept walking with God. They didn't give up, even when the situations got really tricky, challenging, difficult, testing. They didn't lose heart. They kept walking by faith. And friends, in today's climate, in the situations that you and I find ourselves in right now, we would do well to learn the same lessons. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Keep going. Keep trusting. Keep walking 
by faith. Have confidence in what you believe. Now, our advantage is we have scripture to read, Christian history to look back upon, great examples of individuals, men and women to learn from. They had none of that or very little of it in comparison. What a blessing to have easily accessible and understandable in our language scripture. Hey, are you reading it? Are you allowing God to speak to your heart through it? You know, it's so easy to become negative, isn't it? Particularly in the current climate we find ourselves in. And it's very easy to become critical and, and negative. And I can't do such and such. I can't do this or that. Or I can't go to that place or meet with that person. And that's true. There are a whole list of things that right now we can't do. I know it's difficult right now. I know it's not easy. I know none of us would want to be in this position as individuals, families, even as a nation. But what if we changed our mindset to what can we do? What can we do right now? What if we decided to live by faith? and followed God into what we can do. I wonder what is it that God might be speaking to you about right now, today even? In what areas can you step out? How is he calling you to trust him afresh, to move forward by faith? What about us as a church? What's God speaking to us about? How can we move forward by faith? even in this lockdown challenging season. You know, Abraham didn't have it all together. He wasn't perfect. You can read his, his story, his life story in Genesis, and you'll see that he made some pretty big mistakes along the way. However, here in Hebrews 11, he's listed among the great heroes of faith. He walked by faith, he persevered, he trusted God, and God commended him for it. Friends, we would do well if we did the same. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the example we've read today of Abraham. Thank you that he was someone who walked by faith and was faithful to you and the promises that you'd spoken over his life. Today, Lord, I pray for each of us watching this live stream video. I pray, God, that we would learn to walk by faith in the same way, that we would learn to trust you for every step and every turn, even when we can't see the destination or how the route's going to work out. Help us to be obedient to trust you and to walk by faith. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.